0: If I was to ask you, how's your hearing? What would you answer? Huh? What? Yeah. Huh? What? You ever had those moments? I remember when our kids were really young. And someone would say, I had your sleep last night. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I slept well. Like really, really good. If it's like, you didn't hear that? No, like I was up all night 17 times. The kids were all it's like, nah, I slept like a baby. (laughs) Because the babies weren't asleep. What about those moments where you're calling out to someone expecting them to hear you and you're getting cranky because they're not responding, responding and only to realise that you're actually yelling through 17, like halfway across the house. There's four walls away and there's no way they could possibly hear you but what you're saying is really important and you, you think they've heard it but there's no way they could hear it. We're going to do a, a hearing test right now. Now you've got to be honest though because it's going to go, there's a, a noise that we're going to hear and it's going to increase... And on the screen is going to be an age number. If you haven't um, put your hand up, we do have a hearing loop. Um, in the church, and some hearing aids available. How did we go? I think it was mid-30s-ish that I got. Hands up, 40s? What about 20s? Anybody have 20s? Yeah, yeah you would. Oh, uh, yeah, up the back. Uh, I won't, we won't go embarrass anybody else. But a hearing's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes we hear things, we all hear a bit differently. If I was to say, who's heard that healthy food is better than junk food? What would you say? What about regular exercise is really good for your, your mind and your body? Maybe you've heard that uh, regularly servicing your car will extend the life of the engine. What about going to the dentist every six months is a good idea? You guys heard those things? Yeah, who does that? <laughs> oh, there's some people that put their hands up. That's fantastic. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, somebody... I said, you know, what, about six years at our last service? Someone said, you know, how about 10 for the dentist? Hasn't been to the dentist for 10 years. You know, like, wow. But sometimes we've heard stuff, and we know that it sounds good. We know that it's right. It makes sense to us, but to put it into practice is a totally different thing. There's a disconnect from what we've heard and what we understand and know to be true to actually living that out. And today we're going to look at God's Word to see how we hear what Jesus has told us to to live like and how we put that into practice and why that is so important. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray today as we open up Scripture that you would speak to us so that we can hear it where we need to hear it the most so that we can put it into practice, and in doing so, build a firm foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. It was about two or three weeks ago now. It was the first week of school, and we were... How many weeks was it? Five weeks ago! Man, that's gone quick. Um, Earlier this year, (laughs) dropping the kids off at school, and... For some reason, I can't remember why I went in through the front office entrance, but that's where I was dropping the kids off, and, or dropping one of the kids off. And, and I met someone that I hadn't mean, met for a while. I hadn't seen him for a few years. And and I love honesty. I think honest, open conversations are brilliant. I love that people, you know, share, their, share what's on your heart. Be open, honest. Let me know what you're feeling. Let me know what's going on. I love to do that. Uh, I actually think it's, um, it's actually really biblical. You know, Scripture says in Matthew 18... That, that if you've got something to say, if you've got someone that, you know, an issue or something, go and talk to someone. You know, in, If God's in it and it's loving, the end of that verse says, where two or three are gathered in my name, that I am also. Incredibly amazing things to do. So I love honesty. This guy looks at me and the first thing he says is like, what, Tim, you've gotten fat. <laughs> <laughs> honesty. <laughs> okay. Um, like I love honesty, but I'm just like... What do you respond? Like, thank you? Like, what's the response to that when somebody says something like, like, shucks, I don't know. (laughs) What do you say? And there's this moment of like, I don't know how to respond to that, but I'm like, yeah, I've got all the excuses. Like I know, like last year was a bad year. Like the pantry's right there. It's like, I'd, you know, the codes that you started to create in 2020. It's like, I've got that meeting. You know, don't disturb, which was code for I want to eat a whole packet of chips in my bedroom without the kids interrupting me. You know, that was like, <laughs> you know, we had all this stuff that came out of last year. That 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 took place, and so of course, you know, we were all got you know, we were locked away for nine months, and we emerged with this little baby. You know, this you know, that was what it was like. Of course, we know we should be eating healthier. We know we should be exercising. We know this stuff, but the action isn't there. Years ago, I used to work in the fitness industry, and what we used to say about people doing exercise and being in that space was that change change only occurs when the level of discomfort outweighs the cost. Change only occurs when the level of discomfort outweighs the cost. So it, it might be like, I should go to the dentist. The cost. The cost. I don't like the dentist. The noise of the drill. That giant injection thing that they have, you know? Like, uh, the cost. Oh, my tooth's a bit sore. My tooth's a bit sore, <laughs> it seems to happen overnight, like, yeah, got to go to the dentist, no choice. Discomfort is so high, the pain is too much. I have to do something about it. The cost is outweighed by the discomfort. I should eat healthy and exercise, but man, cheeseburgers are awesome. You know, like, oh, I know I should, I know I should, I know I should. I've got a pain. Pfft. Level of comfort outweighs the cost. Now, Jesus in scripture has a master plan for us, he has a design. And so often we there's a level of discomfort in, in following his voice and following his instructions. We know what he says to do, but, but sometimes we have to get the balance right so that we can put that into practice. In Matthew chapter seven, which is our primary scripture. Today, this morning. And starting in verse 24, it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. It's not just hearing the words of Jesus, hearing the scripture, hearing the passage. It's putting it into practice. It's the, the follow me that we're focusing on this year. It's putting that into practice that helps us build our house, our life, our church uh, upon the rock, the foundation of the gospel, the foundation of his lifestyle, the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we touched on this last week as we, we had Vision Sunday and kicked off for the year. What does that look like for us? I believe that the most of us, our foundations are pretty good. But what last year showed that there could be a, a little area that's a bit soft little area that underneath the surface maybe isn't quite exactly what Jesus designed it to be. It may be that the white ants have gotten to this this area. Last year we were locked away for a long time and so what happens on the internet stays on the internet. That conversation, that relationship, that attitude underneath the surface isn't quite right. And it's a little bit soft and squishy. The foundation needs a little bit of work. We know what we should do. We've heard it. But putting it into practice is really hard. The cost, the, the the discomfort. How do we do that? The next very verse says in verse twenty-five, that the rain came down and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because its foundations were on the rock. What I love about Scripture is that it's, it's just so true in life. Jesus isn't saying that if you follow me, everything's going to be okay. All of a sudden, you've got no debt. All of a sudden, you're better looking. All of a sudden, it's all good. It doesn't happen. What Jesus is actually saying is that in life, there are going to be storms. You're going to get knocked around. You're not going to be protected from the things of this world, but you will have somewhere to stand that you can withstand those things. You'll have a foundation to stand upon that you'll be able to withstand the way that the world is knocking you around. When we follow Jesus, not just with our understanding of the words, but our actions, our lifestyle, our thoughts, our decisions, that's when we can withstand the storms that are certain to take place in life. It goes on to say in verse 26, But everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man that built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against it, but the house fell with a crash. It ends up if you know somebody, a friend, a neighbor, who you just, they should be a Christian. Like they're just awesome. You know, they, they, they have a nice house, they've got a nice family, they're loving, they're caring, they're generous, they're thoughtful, they go to the dentist every six months, you know, they, they do all the things. <laughs> Anybody know people like that? You just look at them and go, man, you, you, you must be a Christian. But I know you're, you're not. But, but seriously, the only, I wish I could say you were a Christian because then like you, you fit the stereotype of, of good living and, oh, absolutely what are you looking at? You're looking at the house. They are a good person, absolutely. They are loving and kind and generous, absolutely. The house looks good. They built their house, and the house is fantastic. It's great to look at. However, underneath the surface, there's something that's missing. There's something that's not there. This passage speaks to two things. Yes, it speaks to life, and how we're going to get knocked around, but also speaks to our spiritual selves. And at the end of our life, at the very end of the very end, and we had a funeral here from a member of our church just on Wednesday, which is just such a reminder that that life does come to an end. But at the end of our life, we're going to see what foundation we've built our life upon. Has it been on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ, or is it something else? And they can have an amazing house, but at the end of their life, when it all comes crashing down because the foundations are on soft sand. I want to encourage us that, that for us, we may go, yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm saved, but there's an area of my life that needs some work. There's an area of life maybe that the, the, le- the cost and the level of discomfort's not quite in balance, that I just want to hang on to this. I don't want to give this part of my life to God. I want to say that you're actually being robbed of a joy, of what it is to be all in for God in that area. In Matthew chapter 16, which is a little bit after our main verse, if you get the order of the book of Matthew, and we're reading from Matthew 7, so we fast forward a little bit further in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and Jesus told them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, of course, he's got male disciples there, but he's speaking to, to all of us today. So, if anyone come to me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, the, the idea of the cross is not the cross that Jesus was to be executed on in this passage. The idea of the cross is it's a symbol of death. It's a symbol of, of the end. Like, the cross was, was a punishment in the time of Rome. And what he's saying is, is you need to actually die to self. You need to be all in. You can't just choose the parts of your life, the, the foundations of the rooms that you want to give to me. I need it all. I want every part of who you are. I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you've, you've gone, yeah, I want to be all in, but you've backed off last minute. I remember in primary school, Mr. Batty I remember his name. He had large ears, which didn't help with his name. But Mr. Batty was a great, great teacher. And he would stand next to the high jump. And I'd be standing, and we'd be going for high jump, and about all I could do at school was run. I don't know if I got in trouble and could run away, I don't know what it was, but the only thing I could do in school really well was probably run. And Mr. Batty would be at the high jump, and he would give me the instructions. You need to do the scissor kick. Do that with your legs. Uh-huh. The, I said it wrong at the last service. Someone corrected me, but I can't remember. The frisbee flop, the what's it called? The Frosby. It's great. So, I'm dyslexic and I can't even get it right. I can't even get frisbee wrong. Frosby flop. From Carl Frosby, I'm sure. Some there's probably some history behind that. Anyway, <laughs> but the Frosby flop, where you sort of throw yourself backwards. You run forwards and then you throw yourself backwards over a bar. I remember time after time, I was good at running, but I didn't have the courage to listen to the instruction and put it into action. And so sometimes I'd find myself running and running, and then I'd just jump and grab the bar and just go and just end up on the mat with the bar in my arms. Like. Yay! other times I would, would try and do something and end up sort of flying through the air backwards and the bar would hit me in the back and I'd land on the mat with the bar. And, oh. Other times I'd try and throw myself over and end up landing on my head because my legs are up over. I wasn't listening to the instructions but what the big problem was as I didn't trust enough to do what I was told. I, I would sort of jump and then not fully commit and because of that, I failed at high jump. Obviously, skill came into it as well. I didn't have the skill, but, but I failed because I didn't put into action what I was told to do well enough. So, much, so, so many times in our faith, it can be the same. We know what to do, but we haven't given it all to God. There's an area of our life where there's a weak point in our foundation. And this year, as we follow Jesus, the, the challenge for us is to give it all to God, all of the foundation, all of our life to him. I want to give us a challenge today. And it's bigger than just after the service being convicted to book yourself into the dentist. It's bigger than, than realizing, oh, I've got to eat a bit healthier or go for a run at some point, you know. It's actually to spend some time in Scripture. Spend some time praying to God and saying, what area of my life do I need to work on? What, what area of my life needs a foundation check? Is there an area of my life that I'm not fully giving to Christ? If there's an area that needs some work, I'm just going to briefly talk about how you do that. I remember when I was... Um, pretty nervous about getting married and and asking Yvette to marry me. And I remember in that moment, it's like, well, I know what I want, but I'd had other relationships before we got married. And like, what do I do? What 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 does the Bible say about marriage? And at the back of the Bible, there's these, there's all these different words. It's like a concordance and a dictionary of all these different words. And and at the back of the Bible, it also has the word and it has all these verses. That align with the word. And so in not this Bible, but another Bible, it's it's in my office. If you looked at it right now you'd see marriage highlighted in all these different verses, and I looked up every single one. And there's some really weird verses on marriage in the Old Testament. Can I just say that? Don't marry a goat. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's some odd, that's not the in there, but it's some odd verses in the, in the Bible. You go through it, because why? Because if I want to live out of obedience, I need to understand Scripture, and, and I need to study it. And so I'm sitting in my Bible, I'm reading about what, what does it mean? What is this commitment that I'm about to into, enter into? What does this look like? How do I do this? What is God saying? And then I'm spending time in prayer. The other thing to do is to go to someone that's smarter than me, which isn't hard. And so I'd start seeking wisdom from other people. I remember just a few weeks back, just before youth camp, it was that week of lockdown. We're in lockdown. And Nick Johnson, the speaker for youth camp, wasn't sure what to do. He lives in South Australia. Now Nick's coming back to speak at youth camp as they're about to to go away. He's like, "I, I know I can travel, but I don't know if I can get back, because if the border closes, then I'm going to have to quarantine for two weeks, and, a, and I've got a young kid, and I've got a wife, and I've got a church, and I, and I don't know what to do. I really want to come and speak at the camp. I know God's called me to do it. I know it's an honour. I really want to do that. I want to say, between the phone calls I had with Nick, I probably spent two to three hours on the phone with Nick. I know Amelia, a youth pastor, spent a heap of time on the phone with Nick. I know Nick also spent a heap of time with his senior pastor, and the reason was because he was looking for wisdom. He was looking to make the right choice and honour both the, the commitment that he'd made but also his church and his call. And so he went to his senior pastor and submitted to the authority of his senior pastor. What, what should I do? He then gave me a call, had a chat. So what should I do? And I said, well, Amelia is the, the person that God has placed in charge of our youth. I'm here to support and I'll support her. Happy to share my thoughts, but Amelia has to make the call. It's her decision. She's the one that God has placed in leadership. And we talked back and forwards and, and in the end, you know, Amelia was uh, made the decision with Nick, but the, the end decision was that we didn't want Nick to come to Victoria. Like we did, because he's awesome. But we didn't want for the kingdom of God, not just York Street, but for the kingdom, we didn't want Nick to travel to Ballarat to have an awesome camp and then have to quarantine for two weeks and put his family and his church at risk for two weeks so that we could have an awesome camp. That's not what the body of Christ is about. And we had to wrestle with it for hours and we're praying on the phone and we're here in the heart and we're wrestling back and forwards and we're hitting it, the topic on different angles and, and we're wrestling through what this looks like. That what would Jesus live out? How would Jesus act? What, what does Scripture have to say? Because in here it doesn't say anything about a snap lockdown and I can't find it in the back. So we've got to, with wisdom and prayer and seeking counsel, submitting to authority, See what God's will was. Sometimes that's really uncomfortable. Cost. And and discomfort. And I say, camp's almost there. Camp's coming. The lockdown's there. There's an announcement coming. We're still in lockdown. We're we're not sure. Is this wise? What are we going to do? We made a call. Nick can't come. We can't. What we can do is Nick can film some videos and he can video conference in as well. And from all reports, I want to say that, that because we, we sought God in our heart of hearts, we felt a peace at the decision that we made. Of course we want Nick in the room. He's brilliant. But if we can't do that, we, we, we did the best we could within the circumstances with prayer and giving it to God and that the echo effect of what God did at that camp is going to be felt for months and years to come. God showed up in a hugely powerful way. We have a baptism tonight at the 6 p.m. Your sister, which is going to be so good, Emma Barlow, which is going to be great. So make sure if you, you want to come along, you're invited. It'd be so great to, to absolutely pack the foyer in here and get this second overflow. Um, there's heaps of space. Uh, we've got double overflows now if we need it. We'd love to pack out this place for a baptism because we didn't know what to do, we weren't sure it wasn't a, a, that the foundation was rotten but the circumstances the storms of life were hitting us around and we weren't sure what to do so what did we do we sought counsel we prayed about it we sought wisdom we sat on it for a day that is so hard <laughs> when there's 70 campers or 50 campers and leaders all waiting to go away and the food's already been purchased and you don't know how long it's going to last ah thank so cooks <laughs> good job <laughs> But when we follow Jesus and our heart is right, he is faithful. This week, spend some time finding the areas of life that need some work. Search scripture. Spend time in prayer and seek wise counsel as we follow the design for our life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that this week... As we seek to honour you with our lives, as we seek to follow the voice of the loving master, the designer, that we would do it in a way that would help us have a certainty and assurance of the areas of our life that need work. Lord, as we work on those areas of life, would you reveal to us in your word how we are to live? May we model our lives the way that you modelled us to live through your son, Jesus, And then through the disciples who followed his example. Lord, may we be able to rebuild those areas of our life that didn't withstand some of the storms in the past so that they would withstand them in the future. And Lord, as we are able to withstand the storms that, that rage around us, may that also be a beacon to others as they see that we are standing firm when the world around us is shaking, that we see we are standing and not being shaken, that we are standing and not losing hope, we are still running the race. Lord, may they see something in us that is not us, but may they see you in the way that we live. May they see the foundation that we stand on being the love of Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen.